Now, hello, you are very welcome along to a little bonus edition of the RT Rugby Podcast. This is, of course, a fallow week in the Six Nations. No Six Nations this weekend. So we said we'd bring you an extra little podcast because the Super Rugby Pacific season gets underway next week. And we have a new Irish player in Super Rugby this season. We would have had John Ryan last year down with the Chiefs. But this time around, it is Cormac Daly, who some of you may know, having played a game or so with Leinster a couple of years ago, having been a former a- Energy AIL Division One Player of the Year with Clontarf and an AIL winner with the club as well a couple of seasons ago. But uh, now, Cormac Daly of the Queensland Reds. Cormac, thanks a million for joining us. No bother, no bother. Thanks for having me on. I suppose, what has... What has everything been like it for I think for a lot of people maybe it came out of the blue a few months ago to learn there was going to be a new a new Irish player with the with the Queensland Reds. What kind of background can you give us about how all this came about? Yeah, it was really a bit surprising for me now, but obviously I uh, came over to Australia last January, just kind of a bit of friends were coming over, got a bit of bit of uh, employment over here and then started playing a bit of rugby over here and obviously uh one thing led to another then and Signed the contract then last uh, October and then have been up since. So, yeah, straight into it then. But, yeah, I've been enjoying it. It's been really, really cool. So, obviously, it's something not much Irish people get to do. So, I'm just trying to grasp grasp it now at the minute and just enjoy it. Yeah, I I, I was seeing um, Peter Clossy in 1997 is the yeah. the last Irish player with the Reds people can can be certain about anyway. Um, yeah. So, tell us. You came over to Australia initially, uh, as you said, the start of 2023. So roughly this time last year, maybe a little bit before. Yeah, roughly, yeah. And you were playing Shoot Shield with Randwick. For for those maybe that aren't familiar with the kind of club system in, in Australia, what sort of level are we talking about there? Are, is is it an AIL as such of of the area? Yeah, the thing Yeah, the thing, the thing with the Shoot Shield is probably, it's because there's only 12, there's 12 teams in the Shoot Shield, so... There is a lot of talent where, in, obviously, in the IL, it's going to spread out more between the different divisions. And obviously, with Sydney being Sydney the way it is, you get a lot of influence from people from the UK coming over. Obviously, you've got a few Irish people over there, and you get a lot of Kiwis playing as well. So it's pretty good standard, you know. There's a lot of the, uh, as well as the Shoot Shield, a lot of the the other Super Rugby teams send there because the competitions wouldn't be as strong in like Perth or Melbourne, a lot of lads end up playing in uh, in the shoot shield. So there is it is a quite strong league and uh yeah it'd be it'd be quite similar to AL, maybe just a little bit little bit above it, but uh, it'd be very very similar enough, yeah. And you won you won that competition, I'm right in saying yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's our, the first time they won it in twenty years. Uh and obviously it's my first season, so it was pretty, pretty cool now. Uh it was yeah just a bit of an idea like just going into it and obviously if they hadn't won in so long and people were just so happy about it but yeah it's obviously it's a huge club like people like you can name a few Eddie Jones mm. uh, Michael Checa a lot of people like two people Irish people be familiar with uh, so it's huge club like both of them have played and managed there uh, so yeah it, it is like over this over this side of the world it's just really really big club and you know it was great to, great to win and uh, I have great memories there I've made some great friends there as well so yeah it was pretty pretty cool yeah, and clearly it's a it's a high enough level that if you're playing well there, there's super rugby teams watching. I might yeah. we might go all the way right back to your own beginnings. Um, I to clear it up first of all, 
Kildare or Meath? I'm seeing both written online, and that's obviously a pretty important. <laughs> no, Kildare, yeah, Jesus, no, definitely Kildare, Kilcock. So yeah, I grew up in Kilcock. Um, started playing rugby then, went down to North Kildare, my local club. So uh, started playing there, and then obviously went from there. I went to Navin for a couple of years because we couldn't really. We were struggling a bit with numbers, so that would be kind of the closest team to me. So I played two seasons there. Actually won it under 20 All-Ireland with Davin, which was pretty cool as well. Something, you know, we were up against the big clubs there, you know, the, the Lansdowns and the, even the Clontarfs and stuff. So, yeah, had a, had a good win there and then uh, moved to Clontarf down and have been playing. Obviously, I was in, in and out with uh, Connacht and with Lancer as well for a while, but, yeah, playing most where we with Clontarf then coming up. So, At what point did you move across to, to Clontarf then? So it would would have been at the so I, I had I had gone over to the under the under twenty World Cup in two thousand seventeen. So just after that I moved to Clontarf. So and then I've been playing there since till obviously I came over here. Yeah, and so do you with with your Irish under twenties involvement, from what I could see, you were kind of like a late addition in twenty seventeen, kind yeah. of just called up when it might have been at the start or during the tournament and then 2018 comes around and you play. You obviously play the the Six Nations and the and the Under Twenties World Cup again that summer. What was your what was the representative rugby you were playing up until that point? Like I I don't know you you weren't uh you weren't involved in like the rugby school system as such. You're kind of coming through. The no, yeah, which is maybe. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'm a bit different to most people now. Obviously, there's a few lads in there now, but the eyes will answer you. So I wear that badge proudly now. Obviously, I uh, played youth rugby, so Lancer, Lancer Club's team, uh, Lancer under-19s, Lancer-20s and stuff like that. But uh, a bit different to the school system. Obviously, they didn't go to one of the big schools to come prior to the club. So, yeah, pretty proud pretty, pretty proud of that as well. So When you're when you're coming through at that age and you're you're trying to make it through the, the various age grades and stuff like that and, you, and you're not from that school system, like, as you said, I think, are you wearing it as a bit of a badge of honour? Do you have... Have you kind of ingrained a bit of a chip on your shoulder onto yourself uh, as a motivation point? Yeah, I think definitely. I think uh, obviously it's nothing against the skills lads. There, obviously, really, really, I've gone on some of my best yeah. friends now would be skills lads. But uh, I think all the youth lads, you know, we'd always have a bit of a chip on our shoulder. It's just the way we are. You know, we've just kind of we're 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 not up against the wall a bit, but you know, we're uh, we're battlers. So that's the that's the way I looked at it anyways. It's. Uh, like you said, a bit of a chip on your shoulder, just something probably gives you a bit of a mental toughness and stuff. You know, you've been through the slog, probably compared to some of the other lads. But yeah, you just have to get any any benefit you can from it. So yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and like looking back at the the Ireland under twenties teams you were you were playing in, like I suppose for every year you can kind of pick out a handful of top quality players in there. But you look at it there, there's like Hale and yeah. Doris, Ronan Kelleher, Dan Sheehan. Tom O'Toole that's a pretty decent pack yeah. to begin with and then you've like Harry Byrne and and James Hume included I suppose in the, the wider bunch of players though in the in the back line you didn't um unfortunately you were the year before the under 20 started winning all around them you, you sort yeah. of loosened the you loosened yeah. the lid of the jar was it yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty weird because uh, I was looking at the under twenties match last day, and they were saying that they had been on this unbeaten streak in the Six Nations. And I was thinking back, geez, we were probably the last team that probably lost, or 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 we were close to losing that. But then you look at the team; we had an absolute stacked team. So I don't know how we just did. It just didn't seem to click for us. But you know, we had like I think we, we were a bit unlucky. We had Kalen got injured just before the 
the Six Nations. So he missed all that, which was a bit of, bit of a big loss when you see how well he's doing now. But yeah, we had, a, we had an absolute stacked team. Like even some, some of the other lads there, like Tommy O'Brien was unbelievable for us. Some of them lads. Uh, Angus Curtis as well. He just retired there. He was he was very, very good for us. So we, we just had an absolute stacked team. It just never seemed to click for us, unfortunately. With someone like like Kalen in particular, though, I mean, he he captain G that summer in in twenty eighteen. I presume you could all see there and then like this guy. We all obviously think we're decent enough rugby players, but this oh. guy absolutely has something about him. Yeah, there's certain people I remember just I remember the first time I met him. I, I seen him. It was like under eighteens, and he was in the gym, and I honestly thought he was just so big and just looked so much bigger and stronger. And I, I thought he was like a coach or something. But he was the uh, same age as us, so I was a bit shocked. But uh, yeah, like I just like he was just unbelievable. Like I remember playing some games with him, and he was just dragging us through game. Like I kind of felt bad because we didn't really perform well. I think if if, if he was on a better team in that under twenties World Cup, that probably got close to the final. I'd say he probably would have been up there for a player of the tournament. He was just the stats he was hitting every game and just the performance he was putting in was crazy. So it was no surprise to me when I seen him doing so well now. He's obviously a great lad as well. I have a lot of time for Kerry. He's uh, one, one of the good ones, obviously, from Mayo as well. Bit of a bit of a Mayo background there. But, uh, yeah, he's a great lad and I'm no surprise at all seeing him doing so well. Um, I want to talk to you about Clontarf then as well because I think that's where rugby people in Ireland probably would have got to know you and heard about you uh, uh, most. Yeah. Um. So you said what what age you were about eight, you were about under twenties or so when you came across the Clontarf, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was eighteen, I think, eighteen, 18 I think I was just eighteen, nineteen when I came across. Yeah, it's pretty young. So yeah, I was there for 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 a good while there. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Like some probably the best days of my life were playing with Clontarf. No no problem saying that. Like I have some of the best memories there, some of my best friends. Even now, when I'm uh, obviously over in Australia now, I'm still in the WhatsApp groups, and I see some of the crap that's going on. I get a bit jealous, like just thinking, "Geez, I love to be back there playing with them." But uh, obviously, over here now, but uh, yeah, it was just some of the really, really good people there. And I think the years I did in Clontarf have probably allowed me to push on to where I'm now, like getting confidence playing there, and even some of the coaching I was getting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people like Tony Ryan, McCarney there. Like McCarney is just huge brain for me. Obviously, he came back last year and, you know, just picking his brain apart and, yeah, it was just unbelievable some of the knowledge I was getting from him and obviously Andy Wood as well. He was just huge, huge in my uh, development, I think, as a player and, you know, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be where I am today without without the club, so, yeah. And so 2022, you win the league, beat Terenure in the final. Like, I suppose you're probably, and that team, a lot of you on that team are probably unlucky that there isn't another title in there as well because, COVID essentially robbed us of, you know, two All Ireland League finals. To win it in twenty twenty two, having had to yeah. having had to wait a little while and wait a little bit longer than you probably should have had to wait. It must have been a nice little um nice little release to, to finally get over the line at that point. When it had been through no fault of your own even. It wasn't uh, as if you were losing finals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. I think so I think my first year was with twenties. We we just missed out on the top four. I wasn't really Obviously, I was away with the 20s a good bit. But then the second year, we lost to Khan in the final, so which was a bit of a, you know, at least a bit of a scare. And then obviously, we had to wait from 2019 all the way to 2020 to, to, to play it again. So winning it was just a huge relief, you know. It's something, you know, like just a lot of a lot of effort goes into it, especially when you think of it. It's been over three years. Uh, a lot of effort goes into it. And uh, yeah, you know, some relief wasn't it. Obviously, it was, it was a, against a great turn year team. But yeah, if you even see some of, the, some of the older lads there, you know, 
we've seen them winning it. They've put a lot of effort into the club. You know, I see someone like Matt Darcy turning around in their lanes and stick out to me, just Ado Darcy as well. Like, just they've contributed so much to the club over the last few years. Yeah, it's been there. It was some release and obviously some celebrations after as well. But yeah, no, I think it was great for the game. Even the AL, there was obviously after that break, I think it's just that whole year spring has spring forwarded the league so, so much now. Like, you see some of the crowds at the games. And some of the even the level that's played. I know I obviously keep it keep a close eye on it over here, but yeah, it's been been fantastic, I think, for the for the whole league in general. Yeah, it certainly has in the last couple of years. Um then let's talk about um I might go back actually a couple of years to when you brought in for a little short term deal at, at Connacht. Like how how I only just remembered at the point where there was a, a little announcement, you know, you were brought in for a on a short term contract. How long were you there for? And yeah. How did you find that experience? Like, did it did it give you a taste? I suppose that you were that you were up to that level. Ah, uh, yeah, I was actually so I was there for quite a while. So before COVID, that whole for basically for about five months before that, six months before COVID shut down, I was down there training away. Um, and then obviously COVID happened, and then so I was what I was told was I was going to be signed on. Then COVID happened, was told they couldn't do couldn't sign anyone else. Didn't know what was going on. So I had to wait a couple of months doing my own training or whatever. And then obviously got called back in for, for on short-term injury cover. But yeah, it was great. You know, there was some, learned a lot, you know, obviously got, got a bit of an itch to, to go back into professional rugby. Got, got, felt I was close to it. Felt I was good enough to do it there. But yeah, it was, it was definitely cool, you know, training with some of them lads. Just again, trying to get as much knowledge as you can off them lads. Yeah, it was definitely something, you, 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 you definitely something that strip springboarded me into where I am now. And then November twenty twenty two, you obviously go with Leinster for that week for the for the Chile game. How rewarding was that to to be able to tug out, you know, in the Leinster kid alongside, like I know the internationals were away and all that, but there were you know first team Leinster players playing in that game and to be a part of it. And I know, uh, there were you know Connell Boomer obviously was there from Terranure as well. It was a nice reward for. A couple of guys who'd yeah. done some good stuff in the in the club scene for the previous year or so. Yeah, definitely. I think I was so I was in with Lancer. I'd done a preseason with them that year as well, so I've, I'd done a fair bit of a slog with them. And then obviously to play that game was huge. I think one thing that I have to say, like you see, likes of Leo Cullen and stuff, they're definitely the 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 last few years they seem to contribute a lot more to the league. They're obviously looking at the games a lot more. I think I feel like there's a lot more players getting released back, so I think that just makes it. The, the energy area just makes it 10 times better but yeah it was definitely it was a great probably just a bit of recognition on the league in general you know there was four of us playing that day uh, it was pretty cool playing obviously playing with I remember Reese Rodok was playing like, like he's crazy about the capture Lancer now it was pretty cool playing alongside something like that but yeah I think it was more probably just recognition for the whole league and how you know this and you could see we probably you know against a, a good Chile team that went to the World Cup but uh, yeah I think um it was definitely more recognition for the whole league in general, how good the standard is in the in the AL. And I think it's just only going to get better and better with stuff like that. And you said it's a good reflection, obviously, on the AIL. And I suppose that's still continuing on when Dylan Donlan obviously got in with Leinster earlier on this season for a couple of games and um, didn't manage to get a try. I think everyone was a little bit surprised he didn't get over the, the line in his couple yeah. of games for them. But it does show, obviously, that there's... like. There seems to be maybe a little bit better of a relationship between the provinces and the clubs these days compared to maybe what it was five six years ago. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I think someone like Dylan, it's 
it's crazy to think he hasn't uh, hasn't hasn't played more professional games. Even when you've seen him there, he's top try scoring the AL two years in a row as a hooker, which is pretty crazy. Obviously, a bit of that has contribu- contributed to the mall in Clontarf. But uh, no, it's been yeah, definitely. There's definitely a bit more of a connection I feel since I've started uh, back back in the day, and uh, the 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 talent is there definitely. I think it's crazy to think that some of these lads haven't aren't playing in professional setup, but yeah, there's crazy talent there, and hopefully, uh, we see more lads like Dylan getting more of a chance in the professional ranks from the AL. At what point then did you decide you were moving to Australia? So you said you moved over just before this time last year, so we'll say January of 2023, and that's obviously mid-season for the AIL as well, which is yeah. a, a bit of a tricky time. At what point did you? Had you decided you were going to make the move, and and why did you decide did decide to make the move? Yeah, it was obviously an extremely tough decision now because we were still in with it, a huge chance of winning it uh, last year, you know, and then leaving midway through the season probably one of the toughest decisions I've ever had to make. But I think just at the time, you know, I was just looking for something, a bit of a challenge, and just as most young people my age. Uh, these days, you know, they're looking to travel away. And obviously after COVID, we were kind of locked up for a while. And a lot of my friends had, were, were coming over to Sydney. And uh, when I was younger, I missed missed out a lot of stuff. Like when you're training during the summer and stuff, you miss, miss out on a J1 year. Kind of stuff like that, where you kind of, not regretting stuff, but you're kind of just, oh, you you don't want to miss out on everything. And then it was just a good chance. Got a, got a, got a nice job over here. So just that it was probably the right time. Uh, to head over and try something different and uh, thank God it's it worked out since then so no looking back on it now but yeah oh, it was definitely a really tough decision leaving Clontarf from coming over here but yeah Did the rugby factor into it at all or was it a was it actually just like a lifestyle a lifestyle decision that you wanted to try out somewhere on the other side of the world like you weren't you weren't looking at it as an opportunity to 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 get back into professional rugby by going down to Australia or anything like that was it? No, no, definitely. It was hundred percent. It was hundred percent lifestyle. Like I was, I had no thoughts. I didn't think that Anton would come. But now I just came over and obviously was coming over and a couple of clubs got in touch with me then and uh, end up setting it around me. But it was as I said in a couple of interviews that last couple of days. You know, it's I just came over to for just a lifestyle change, just enjoy enjoy myself a bit and uh, kind of rugby was nearly second thoughts and then obviously when you get playing then at a good level uh maybe a bit of a a, a switch flicks in yeah you kind of push on a bit more but i didn't think in a in a, in a million years that i get it, the opportunity i have now so yeah it was pretty surreal getting a call then to, to be told i've been offered a contract up in up in the queensland reds uh from shoot Hill, which is it was just crazy stuff yeah didn't think didn't think anton would happen and obviously it kind of worked out in the end yeah, and like when you did actually get that call in the end from, well, like from Les Kiss, obviously, who Irish people will will know quite well yeah. uh, from his time here with both Ireland and, and yeah. with Ulster. Um, like, did you have to give it much consideration work-wise? Like, had you, you know, settled down into a job and living in, uh, you you were down in Sydney at that point and that obviously involves a big move. Yeah. Was it a, a big consideration or was this a super rugby team are offering me a contract? I'd be an idiot to say no. Oh, definitely. I think it was a huge. Uh, I think I definitely had to think about it because obviously I was settled into Sydney, had a great relationship with Rand with the club there. You know, just we're just after winning it, so I probably say you know the fact that we won the shoot shield last year probably made the decision a bit easier to to head up, knowing that I actually had won it with them, and 
you know, if, if we had lost that final, it could have been a different decision because, you know, you've put a lot of effort into that year and you really wanted really wanted to win it. But, yeah, it was tough because, obviously, we, we, we kind of just had settled into Sydney down at that stage, you know, and uh, then obviously got this opportunity and then sat, thought about it for a week or so and spoke to my, my dad and stuff about it. And it was just too good of an opportunity to turn down, you know. As I said it plenty of times before, but... You know, not many Irish people come over here and get a chance to play Super Rugby. You know, the last person to play for the Reds, Peter Clossy, was before I was even born, and I'm not that not not that young anymore. So, I just had to say, take it with both hands and just, geez, this is unbelievable now, and just try to put my best foot forward now, and hopefully get some games under my belt at some stage this year, which will be which will be unbelievable. But yeah, just take the opportunity that comes and hopefully run with it. Had you had you ever met or encountered Les Kiss before? In like, did your times cross over representative wise or anything like that? Uh, no, I, I'm not too sure. To I, I remember I, I, I could have met him once or twice before, but just you know, tra- at trainings or something. But uh, yeah, yeah you, you know, I obviously you, you knew knew a lot about Les just from his time with Ireland and even London Irish just before they they obviously went under. Uh, you know, and I spoke to a few people that were that have been uh that work with him, and you know, they just had great stuff to say about him and then obviously I came up to Brisbane uh, they flew me up from Sydney for a day just to show me around the place and stuff before I made my decision and then you know you just spoke to Les and you could just hear what the idea he had obviously it's a new coding team in, in at the Reds now and you could just see the idea that they had and what they want to in, implement obviously Les is from Queensland as well, as well. so he, he's played uh, he's played State of Origin for Queensland which is a pretty big deal over here I'm not sure much people in Ireland know about it, but uh, it's huge over here, and uh, so he's a lot of respect up here. And you know, it's just he's he's a genuine person. Uh, he he wants the best for you. So it was just yeah, it was it's pretty awesome to get to work with him. What sort of a what sort of a coach is he? Um, like he would have had a quite a good record in Ireland up until I know in the end things went a little bit sour at Ulster, but you know for quite a few years he was a very highly regarded coach over here and obviously did some decent things with London Irish after that. You say he's a very, very good fellow. What sort of a, a coach is he? Like, what is his coaching style, his his mentality? What is What will the Queensland Reds look like this season? I think he's it's, he's probably, he wants to play a good brand of rugby, but obviously winning his first and foremost. But you could kind of see the way, even the way London Irish played, they were kind of very attacking style of rugby and uh, I'd say he's going to bring that to the Reds this year. So hopefully we can... Uh, we can put that to fruition and uh, obviously get some wins as well. That would be huge for us. But I think that's what he, he just seems to be. He's a genuine person. He's just, he obviously has a huge rugby brain as well from obviously playing rugby league and all the coaching he's done with rugby union. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool just to pick, pick, pick his brain and see what he, what he has planned and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And tell us then what has, what has the preseason campaign been like? Like how much of a step up has it been from, from where you were and have you felt comfortable along the way that you're you're absolutely up to that level yeah obviously it's a, it's a bit of a step up you know you're training you go from training uh going out a couple of times a week with Randwick three or four times a week you know gym in the mornings and then now you're straight into a professional setup so I was kind of lucky the way when I came up they had they had played a kind of a challenge game at the end of last year against the Panasonic Royal Knights so I just got up a couple of weeks before that, so I'd kind of played that game then, and I kind of knew that, and then I needed to 
we had a couple of weeks off before the actual preseason started. So I kind of got in, settled down, settled myself with all the all the lads and stuff in the surroundings. And then for the we had four weeks off, you know, I just went went hard at the train, you know, trying to get the body right. And then uh, obviously the preseason is a bit different to back home with the weather. It's it gets very very hot up here, very humid. You know, there's some days been 40 plus tra uh, training so uh, yeah it's been tough but it, like, that's just the way it comes you know it's a bit different back home but uh, yeah I've been really really enjoying it now it's the coaches have been really I feel like I'm just growing every week and you know just getting more knowledge and stuff and getting better as a player uh, yeah it's been pretty cool now obviously it's a lot more time to recover and stuff after training and uh, get the body right and I just feel like I've come leaps and bounds now since I've started and hopefully can keep pushing now and keep getting better yeah, like the weather is obviously a, it's a big factor ultimately. Like, you know, you say you're training 30 to 40 yeah. degrees uh, yeah. in in Brisbane. Like I um, I played a junior match up in Clontarf in Castle Avenue a few weeks ago and it's a good pitch by Irish rugby standards, but <laughs> it's probably not the same level of track that you're going to be dealing with in, yeah. in Super Rugby week on week. It's like, don't, they're kind of like different sports in a no. way. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very very different now. Like we 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 had our first challenge game uh, last Saturday uh, against the Force, and uh, you know you're running out. It was like 35 degree weather, and I was just like you're just trying to get used to it. And you're just like this is, and you know it's bad when the when the Aussies themselves are saying, "Geez, this is warm." I'm like, "Lads, how do you think I feel?" You know. But I remember the last game I played with Clontarf before I came over to uh, the Australia it was uh, against Gary Owen and it was like that weekend where a lot of games were cancelled but obviously we, we had the AstroTurf so it was like minus two degrees, minus three degrees playing the game and then like the first game played over here it was like 35, 36 so like, it was a bit of a swing in the temperature but yeah it's just different like it's obviously even playing with Rambic and stuff it's just a com completely different game basically a lot of running rugby, a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, malls, not a lot of scrums, you know, fairly, fairly, uh, be fairly fit, fairly uh, lean as well, you know, running around the place all the time. But yeah, it's different. It's cool as well, though. You're obviously getting a bit of the best of both worlds. You've picked up some stuff from back home and then you're picking up stuff here yet. So it's it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And does that style of game suit you where it's, you know, less scrum and mall and it's, there's a lot more getting your hands on the ball, a lot more, probably there's more ball and play time as well. And um, just the faster tempo of, of rugby, is that something that kind of suits the way you play? Are you comfortable in that, that situation? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I obviously in, in, enjoy, enjoy ball in hand. I, I, I feel like carrying is probably one of the biggest strengths I have. So yeah, get a lot of opportunities at that. But, uh, and then as well as you can use the strength to learn back home, obviously Ball, uh, ball is hugely important though as well over here. So something you've picked up huge stuff from back home that you can apply to the game over here. That you know it's it's only going to benefit me and the team. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been cool. But yeah, definitely I'm enjoying the fast rugby and uh, the quicker pace and stuff. But yeah, oh, it's cool. But it's definitely different. Yeah. So as I said, there've been a couple of friendlies. Uh, season starts. Next weekend, you're up against the the Waratahs. You're on. Is it a one year deal? You're on. Am I am I right in saying? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. Two years. Very I'm good. Signed the second year, so two years. So I'll be back in twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Are you going to be back as 
the next Tigburn in a couple of years' time then where you've you've gone away and you've shot the lights out and everyone back at home is ranting and raving about you and in a few years you're going to be back here and you're going to be an Ireland international. Am I right in saying that? Uh, right, right now, no, I'm just focused on this year. I'm just taking I'm taking every day, day that comes because obviously yeah, if you had asked me where, where I was this time last year, I would have laughed in your face. So uh, yeah, it's right now I'm just focused on getting into the Reds team, hopefully get a few games around my belt and play some good rugby. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be looking too far ahead of myself now. Yeah, no, you may as well uh, soak up every day for what it is uh, down in down in Brisbane. Listen, Cormac, has been a pleasure chatting to you and the very best of luck yeah. for, uh, over this coming season with the Queensland Reds. And we'll all be uh, keeping an eye on your progress. Thanks so many for chatting to us. Cheers. Thanks very much.